2014, in case you didn't know, we've entered. We're here. And it's the year of the extraordinary prophetic fulfillment. It's a year where we can expect to see provision, protection, and progress come upon our lives. Amen? Why? Because God has told us to expect it. God has told us to pursue it. Not just sit idle, but to pursue it. To expect. To press into it. And just as I was praying before Christmas, I began to flick through some notes that I'd taken two years ago. And this is significant. Some years, some notes that I had taken about how, what are the signs that a church is entering into Zion, progressively entering into Zion. I use the word progressive because that's a key word. We are progressively entering into Zion. Okay? And as I began to look at these notes, I don't know if I took these notes, if they were my notes that I took, or they were notes that I took based on what I'd received when I was in Malaysia. But they're my notes anyway. Okay? So, as I'm taking them, either way, it says God has revealed it to me. And as I began to read these notes, I began to stand up from my chair, and I became overwhelmed at the hand of the Lord being upon us. And I was, I was emotional that I could clearly see how God's hand had been on us two year, for, for over two years. Before this prophetic word had been declared for 2014, God has already put his hand upon us. And I can show you, and I will show you, how God's hand has been upon us and how provision, protection and progress has already been on us. Before God ever told us it was the word for this year, God's right hand has already been steering us and guiding us down this route for two years. That's the goodness of the Lord. Before I announce it to you, I'll do it. He's already done it. Then he lets you know what he's doing. Amen? <clears throat> See, because it's not, one th it's not just one thing to know the goodness of the Lord. It's another thing to see it. Because when you see it, you then begin to know. You have an experience. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not just know that the Lord is good. It's taste and see. So many people taste but can't see. It's so important that when you taste, your eyes are open. So you begin to see, because once you begin to see, you have faith for that. Amen? So um, my heart began to leap, and as I looked, I began to enter into thanksgiving. And I felt the Lord put it in my heart. He said, right, Tony, take an offering. Let the people display the same gratitude that you've got. Give them an opportunity to display the same gratitude. Let them see what you're seeing. Bring them into what you're seeing, and let them make their own decisions, and let them... Bring their own offering, their own sacrifice. Ask him to bring the best they have. And we said, didn't we? If your best is a pound, then it's your best. It's, it, if your best is your best, it's just the same as a man who puts a thousand in. So the first sign that the Dream Center is progressively entering into Zion is a church. The house does not suffer from lack. For she is blessed with abundant provision. Psalm 132. You see, two years ago, David, Phil, and myself, before we brought Paul into the eldership, confessed, declared that we, there would be no lack in this house. We declared it. What we didn't realize is that it was in line with what God was already saying and had been saying. And we declared that this house 
would, would not suffer from financial or spiritual lack. She would have resources in those areas, spiritual and financial resources. Before we ask you to pray about it, we declared it. And we said, Lord, it will not happen. This house will become a storehouse. A storehouse. It will become a refuge for those who have been hit by spiritual storms. It will become a refuge for those people who have been encountering spiritual barrenness. Many people have tasted, eaten at different church tables, but yet never seen fulfilled. And God has given us a storehouse with a rich supply of provisions. So when people taste and see, instantly they're grateful and their hearts come into alignment. Not every church can supply that. I don't believe it's not in people's hearts to want to supply it. But not everybody carries the grace to supply it. Yes? But God has given us this grace. And we said that this house will be a house where wilderness people can come into abundance. Where restoration for those who have been uh, seriously, seriously um, abused spiritually, physically, mentally, psychologically. Every level of abuse that can be. This will be a house that can restore. That's why transparency and accountability is so key in order to be restored. If you don't tell us and talk to us, how can God ever restore? So this is a key thing. We declared that this would be that kind of house. Amen? And we declared that this would be a house that put people back on the journey and back into service. Service, what do you mean? Taking communion? No, no, no. Our mandate is to take the city. To influence the nation, to impact your workplace, to be a righteous man, to be a righteous woman, to be a godly man, to be the, the, the Lord's holy one, wherever you are. That's our mandate. That's our Christian mandate. Every believer has that mandate to be righteous, to be pure, to be a disciple, to be his witness. Amen? That's not just our house, that's every house, but we're taking that mandate as our personal responsibility. Jesus didn't just say it so we could hear it. Jesus said it so we could do it. Amen. So in Psalm 132, verse 13, this is our key text this morning. For the Lord has chosen Zion. So there's a place that God has chosen and it's called Zion. The Lord has chosen it. Listen, he has desired it for his dwelling. So every time we assemble, we meet in Zion. Amen. This is my resting place forever and ever. You can't get more clearer than that. So where's God living? People say he's in heaven. No, he's not. He's in Zion. Heaven's in Christ. Christ is not in heaven. You need to understand that. Christ is bigger than heaven. That's why you can create a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? If, heaven, if God didn't have a home to live in and he destroyed it, what kind of fool would destroy his own house? Because his house is inside him, it doesn't matter. Do you understand that? So he says... I will sit enthroned forever, for I have desired it. Right. So if he's desired it, everything must move towards that. He says, I will bless her with abundant provision. Her poor will I satisfy with food. I will clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints will ever sing for joy. Here I will make a horn grow for David. God's always got to move around a person. It's key men. That's why we looked at SLP this year, uh, Agents of Change. God needs to find a strategic, righteous man. What makes him strategic is that he's righteous. Amen? 
He said, and I'll do it, and I'll set up a lamp for my anointed one. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but the crown on his head will be resplendent. So we see the first part there in verse 15. I will bless with abundant provision. So we say, okay, pastor, that's good that the Lord is going to show us uh, abundant provision, but can you show us, uh, can you give us any evidence of that? And I say, thank you for asking, absolutely. 2011, two years ago, when I wrote the notes, I was in a meeting, and this is what the Lord spoke to me. Um, Let me just, before I go on to that, let me just say something else, because I'll, I'll get sidetracked if I go into this straight away. When the Lord gives his people provision, it can be in the form of finance, food, shelter, jobs and, jobs and careers that better your future. Not just job, not just a career, because jobs and careers can derail you. But listen to what I'm saying. When God's provision comes to the house, he gives us jobs and careers that better our future. Better our future, not just give you something to keep you away from, you know, the food on your table. God is a God of provision, abundant provision. Some people have jobs, some people have the right jobs. Some people have careers, others have the right ones. So you must be very mindful that you're choosing the right career that betters your future, that not just gives you a job. If you want a job, you can take any job. But if you want the right job, then you have to have the right job. And now, in all fairness, sometimes we take a job in order to find the right job, don't we? But with a career, a career is more serious. A career will take five years of your life, at least, and then take you down a path, sow you into a system. Yeah? A career is more serious. So you really need to think about, if this is going to better my future, what is my future? My future isn't just doing what you want to do. My future is seeing what I'm doing and how it affects my life and those I'm affecting. Amen? So we need to see that God gives us finance, food, shelter, jobs and and careers that better our future. Create healthy pastures for us. Amen? Because if we're going to dwell in the land, we need to be enriched. We need to be fruitful. We cannot let Pharaoh, who rules this system, oppress us. We must learn how to rise above oppression. And your boss will oppress you. Why? Because he has people behind him. It's a system. Don't take it personal, but it becomes personal. Yeah? Despite a downturn in the economy, the Lord has provided most of us in this church with jobs and careers. Despite our downturn, God has provided jobs for every one of us, right? Some of you might be in a transition right now. That's not the same as you, you not having work. That's, the, that's called transition. Transition is a part of your spiritual journey. You need to understand that. But jobs and better jobs, many of you, are you getting an increase? Many of you are getting increase. In fact, in the last two years, just some of the conversations that people are talking today, from two years to date, Z, you had a, a serious upgrade. Took the word of the Lord, got one job, said, no, that's not the best, go for another one, got the right job. See, so he could have had a career, but he got the right one. It's given him provision to raise his children. 
Then there's, you know, David, your company, polarized the whole company around David. Manchester branch could have closed down, but he kept it open. Why? Because God needs a strategic man, not just a company. Emma, she had a better job. Favor came to her. Lisa's just entering into a new piece of favor. Why? Because God just doesn't want to give us jobs. He wants to give us better jobs. Jobs that better our future. We might start working at McDonald's, but that's not your future. Okay? No one's decrying that Saturday job or that part-time job. But please understand, better jobs that give you a future. Better jobs. Can you handle the word better? Can you handle the word future? Right. Be grateful you've got some kind of job, but be looking for the better one. Yeah? Someone once said, don't work for the man, be the man. Yeah? So we see that God is providing us with great resources. You are heaven's resource. You are heaven's resource. Amen? So, let me give you the next one. Sign number two. So the first one is, I'll go back. The first one is, progressively, uh, the first sign of a church progressively entering into Zion is, the house does not suffer from lack as she is blessed with abundant provision. What did we read in that scripture there? Abundant provision was exactly the terminology. He said, in my resting place, I will bless her with abundant provision. Her, uh, her poor, I will satisfy with food. Wherever Zion is, there's abundant provision. That's the first thing I noticed. Wherever a church entered into Zion, provision began instantly see where God had provided jobs and better jobs, careers with futures. How God, it's important without a job, we can't, we can't do anything. It's right, it's God, listen, it's your right to work. Listen, this is a word for someone. It's your God-given right to work. Never mind the government's. Bible says if a man does not work, he has no right to eat, right? So you can declare what God has already spoken over you. It is your right to work. And it's your right to get satisfaction from your toil. Now you decide, take that word and do what you want with it. But I know it's your right to work. So where there is no opening, speak what is your right. And speak the better job that gives you a better future. If you're going to speak the right to work, speak the right kind of work. No use sowing yourself in and say, Pastor, we can't come for the next six years. Why? I'd love to come, but my job's just taking me away. Then that's not the right job. Your hands are never free to serve. You work for Pharaoh all the time, but you never know how to serve the law because you've let your hands be tied by a job. Come on. That's not provision. That's toil. That's strife. Your heart wants to be somewhere else, but because you're bound by bills, I have to work here. No, you have to work, not necessarily work there. We sow our kids into the field, into slavery. You don't realize that you, slow, you, you, you sow your kids into slavery by putting them in the wrong career, the wrong job. Well, Johnny's doing well now. What's Johnny doing? Oh, Johnny's earning a great, he's earning a great salary. Oh, we're not seeing Johnny for, for many. Oh, well, he's, you know, his work, it's demanding. Well done. You've just sold your kid into slavery. Congratulations. 
because you never taught them that Pharaoh will take them. Pharaoh will train them and he'll train them well. So we can use Pharaoh's system to be trained. Nothing wrong with being taking his training. Nothing wrong with taking his training. But what we don't want him to do is to take our kids. The church raises our kids up, puts them a future, puts a future, a hope, a calling, and then what do we go and do? Sow them down the wrong path. Oh, it's a good job, but it's not his future. You've got to know as a parent, you've got to know it's God's will. You've got to know, each individual's got to know. That's why raising kids and dedicating kids is a serious thing. You promised God that you would raise them and sow them in the right area. That's what you promised. Heaven witnessed it. Serious thing, raising kids. Serious thing. Mess you up crazy if you get it wrong. Bless you silly if you get it right. Amen? So, sign number two. The second sign that a church is progressively entering into Zion is God satisfies his people with sustaining organic, organic nourishing food. There's two parts to that Psalm 32. The first part was that God will bless her with provision. The second part of that verse is her poor will I satisfy with food. So he makes a distinction between provision and food. Can you see that? There's a distinction between provision and food. Food is something that we all need to keep alive. True? But how many of you know once you've eaten, that's still not provision? That's only part, that's only one aspect of provision. Do you understand that? You can keep a man, you know, millions and millions of, of, of uh, agencies are sending food all around the world. All it's doing is keeping people alive. Is it creating a future? No. Do they need food? Yes. It's the basic, it's the last stop before people die. Provision and food are two separate things, forms of provision. A house needs both of them. You know, some people can go to shop at Marks and Spencer's, or is it Waitrose? Is, it, is that the expensive one? What's the one, the expensive one? Waitrose. You can shop at your Waitrose. You can go to Alderley Edge and flex your card, Right? You can buy all the rich food, but inside you're still rotten. Inside you have the wrong health. Oh, but you're shopping with all the hobnobs. Hobnobs, biscuits, yeah, yeah. Hobnob biscuits. That's what will get you in trouble. You're eating too many hobnobs. Dunking too many hobnobs. And the poor I will satisfy with food. Definition of what food could look like in this house is unleash. With our young people. God has given us food to mature and nourish a generation, an unstoppable generation. That food just doesn't come from anywhere. We didn't get it off the internet. It came from heaven. Now others are beginning to buy it around the world. We'll never get the credit. <laughs> Phil and I were saying, I don't want the credit, I just want his money. If he buys my book, he, he has to pay. Amen? But that, why? Because that then becomes a resource for me. So it's another way of God providing provision for me. If I write it and I get, I get some return from my labor, I can use that in other areas. True? So God's given us the ability to create food in this house. See, our ladies are brilliant. They can get out. Now, not today because everyone's already created that somewhere else. They're going to serve it. But when they cook, they create. They use skill. God's given them ability to create. 
and men as well, but we should just let the women do it half the time, don't we? It's amazing we let, let women, but some of the best chefs in the world are men. I'll let you work that one out, ladies, and, you know. Unleash. God has given us the ability to create food. I really want you to hold on to this. God has given us the ability to create MPOG, the meeting places of God. Authentic sonship. Man up. Our latest has been going from clean to pure. This is food that God has given us the ability to create. It's not stuff we're getting from the internet. It's not stuff we're finding. It's stuff that through our connection with heaven, God has given it to us. Why? For you and for others. You've got to see that God's provision is not just provision, jobs, better jobs, but it's also you need food. Food to grow, to mature, to develop. Amen? You know, I think it was Greta who openly shared a couple of weeks back how MPOG for her had become a defining point. Is that true, Greta? What are you, sweet? So she, in her, had said, if I hadn't have come into this, I could not have moved from where I need to be. God already decided the food that she needed to get her from A to B. She went from being fed to into provision. That organic food is homegrown. It's not imported like the supermarkets. We don't nick it from somewhere else and change the color when you get it. Amen? It's organic. It's healthy. You pay more for organic food. It's not processed. It's organic. Pure from heaven. God's given it us as a resource for your betterment, for your future, and for your immediate. This is the hand of the Lord that's been upon us. Do you believe that? So many women now beginning to testify what MPOG's doing for them. Authentic sonship will be the same. From clean to pure, open transparency, you'll see it. The church is changing. Why? Because God's given this food is cleansing, it's detoxing us. It's detoxing us. Can you see that church? It's detoxing us. So, let me give you this. Let me read this to you. Two prophetic words that was given to me in 2011. What year? 2011, so one was in 2011, one was in 2012. I'll just give you a brief. Hear the word of the Lord, it says, also, that you have stepped into because, oh, let me just back up a minute. It will be the word of the Lord that proceeds out your mouth. But son, hear the word of the Lord. It is also a day that you have stepped into because of your obedience, because you have set aside your personal things that were desired to you to hear my voice. Times when you wanted to be someplace else, but I called upon you and I said, I need to be with you at this moment. And you forsook those things and you came to my request. Now I'm going to elevate you and I'm going to do in you things that you've never seen before. Things that you've seen in your spirit, but you've not seen them physically. That's what he's saying. Things that you've seen in your spirit, but now they will be made manifest in your flesh. Amen. And then. The next word came to me, and uh, Phil was with me, and I think Andy was with me when this word came. The Lord says, I'm going to give you a new coat with, with the rod. The coat that this, uh, that this time that you step into, this time you're going to feel uncomfortable. Boy, did I feel uncomfortable last year, 2013. For the coat is going to be so much bigger than you are, but the Lord said that it's going to be an exponential growth. That this year in you, you are... Uh, so that you are, and in your authority, that the coat is going to have so much, um, 
to be bigger so that you'll be able to grow into it. Otherwise, it will limit you. And then it said, the Lord says, I'm causing you to break off the old, that's you, and I'm causing you to come into the new, to step fully into the new, and I'm causing you to eat from that which is sweet. Watch the food. That the rod that God has put into your hand and he's putting into your hand shall be able to grab a hold of and bring to you, to you the now of God. Wow. But the Lord says, not only shall you eat it, but you shall give it to the people. And the victories that have been handled will even become larger and greater, says the Lord. Two years ago. The victories will become even greater in the season that are yet and ahead for surely you have seen realms of breakthrough. But the Lord says the realms of breakthrough that are coming are going to be even greater in their magnitude. For sure you have seen little breakthroughs. But I'm going to release food. For I'm going to release a flood of water that will cause a breakthrough to come on greater and greater levels to come, declares the Lord. Now the Lord speaks that two years ago. So God's hand started to come upon me two years ago. He's always been on me, but uh, this took me to a new level. So we see that in God's provision for us to enter into Zion, I needed a coat and a rod. A coat and a rod. That's why, where's David? That's why the Lord spoke to you. I got some clarity on that only the other day. I'll let you in on that for you. Because I was aware that what God had prophesied over David, and I was aware that what he prophesied over me, and I knew that I didn't want him thinking, he's getting what I'm getting. Because he's not, he's getting his own portion. He's got a coat specially designed for him. And I've got a coat specially designed for me. My word's my word, his word's his word. Amen? Just because you hear the word coat doesn't mean we're all getting the same. Yes? So, the God begins to give us new things, new food. Why? Because he's going to satisfy the poor. Poor in spirit, not poor physically. So God gives us a word to develop in our hearts so that we can come and discover this better future. Amen? So Psalm 8, 84, verse 5 and 7, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make its place the springs of autumn rains, also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Now listen to this scripture again. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hope sorry, who is in you, who have set their hearts on a journey. And I believe this house is set on a journey. Okay, so we have reason to have hope. Yet they pass through the valley of Baker. They make it a place of springs, autumn rains, also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Till each appears. Till each appears. Each has to appear. You've got your own journey. We've got a collective journey, a corporate journey, but each has to appear. You have to work this thing out so that you can appear in Zion. Do you understand that? We will... We're not in Zion because we, all, because we talk about it. We're in Zion because we each work it out. Amen? Do you understand that, church? You have to work it out so that you can appear. See, it's great you feel like you're in Zion when you're in worship. But can you enter into Zion when you're on your own? Each has to work it out. And that's why we're training you to work it out. 
so that each one can appear. To appear, you need strengthening, you need challenging, you need training, you need discipling. That's what we're providing. That's why the food is there to help you appear. That's why the food is given. So you can appear. No excuses. It's no use reading the scripture but say, well, how do I get there? That's why training's given. God has given us the resources, the food to get you there. But some of us, no, we don't want it. We don't see we need it. You do need it. That's why God's given it us. Well, I can't be bothered. That's not the same. You not being bothered is not the same as you not needing it. I can't be bothered eating carrots. But my mother told me I needed them. She lied. I still wear glasses. <laughs> Rabbits eat carrots, but did you see them wearing glasses? That's why so many of them get squatted on the road. They should be wearing glasses. They can't see, despite them eating those carrots. You see, you need resources. Listen, you need resources. You need food so you can pass through the valley. It's a dry place. You need this food so that you can pass through a dry valley. You need heavenly provision to turn dry ground into a place of springs. Now, there's one thing when it became on my shift, we entered a dry patch. God, over the years, has given me the grace to turn it into a spring. So we turned it from a dry place into a spring. Do you realize that takes grace to do that? That takes resources to do that. You can do that. Now, you see, if you appear in Zion, wherever you are on this earth, you can turn your dry place into a spring for others to drink. Amen? So sign number three. So we've seen two signs. The third sign is the sign of a church progressively entering into Zion is God clothes his own priest with his own garments. God clothes his own priest with his own garments. This is a very significant trait of a church entering into Zion. Amen? See, what did, what did the first minute, uh, word say to me? I'm going to give you a new coat with a rod. The coat that this time that you step into, this time, you're going to feel uncomfortable for growth. In this year, yeah, it, it, it is so that you're going to feel uncomfortable for the growth in this year is in you. You are and in your authority for this coat is going to have to become bigger. So you will be able to grow into it. Otherwise, it will limit you. Now, God is clothing his priest. God chose the coat. Now, you think God's a bad tailor. When you take your kids to, to, for clothes, sometimes you say, you know what, he'll grow into that. It'll be all right. Don't you? But you know if your kids are size 2 and you bought them a size 10, there's something slightly wrong there, isn't there? Your kid's walking around with, with, with sleeves right down to the floor. It's like he'll grow into it. Grow into it. Just keep feeding him. It'll be all right. Give him the obnobs. Be okay. No, you don't do that, do you? But you know, God does that. Now, I don't, we can't measure how big the coat is. I just know it feels uncomfortable. Last year, for me to do Agents to Change, I explained to you how I've been disobedient for two years because I felt uncomfortable. It wasn't until I stepped into it, I thought, actually, I feel a little bit more comfortable, but I still feel uncomfortable. I still feel uncomfortable, but the coat was given to me for growth. It wasn't, it, see, this coat fits me. I feel comfortable in this coat, right? But other coats, 
you don't feel comfortable. They either restrain you. They're too tight or they're too big. True? So it's important that when God clothes us, that you feel comfortable with being uncomfortable. You've got to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. If everything's within your reach, how will you ever be stretched? How will you ever develop faith? If God can't come into your world and push you into new areas and put garments on you that, that you feel uncomfortable with, how will you ever move to a new level? But the nature of mankind is to feel comfortable. Measure me up, Lord. Measure me up, Lord. God says, I'll stitch you up. I'll stitch you up. I'll measure fit and stitch all in one fitting. So God knew the size coat I needed. Now, don't get caught up whether it's a multicolored coat. What, it does, that's not the issue. The issue is there's a new garment coming upon us because the priest, and you're the priest and I'm a priest, we have to be fitted by God himself. That's a sign that a church is entering into Zion because the garments that, that you wear in the world are not the garments for entering into Zion. Different clothes. God knows how to clothe his own priesthood. And you see, what does the Bible say? Take off your filthy garments. Take off. So what has God given us? He's given us food in the, in the clean and pure to help you take off the old garments so the new garments can come on. When you're clean and transparent and you're pure, now he can dress you and clothe you in righteousness. But God can't give you a new coat if your heart is not clean. What would only kids, only kids will put new clothes on on a dirty body. And think because you've got new clothes, it'll overcome the smell and the odor of the body. Only kids do that. Do they not? But in God, you can't do that. You see, so many of the charismatic preachers want to wear a new suit. Want to wear the suit and they've got all the clothes. But you can still smell the odor of the old life. Yeah? And you think because they sweat. And you know a priest in the Old Testament was not allowed to sweat. Sweat was not allowed. Can you imagine that? You weren't allowed to stink, sweat, drip. You had to be, those garments were designed specifically. God was dressing his own priesthood. But only in the church do you get the two-towel sermon. And you think because they sweat now, they must be working hard. I thought that's why God gave us grace. So we didn't have to sweat. Yeah, just lose some weight. If you lose some weight, you won't sweat as much. Or take your jacket off. And we need to realize that God is not mocked. The, the crowd can be fooled. But God won't be. So we see that God...